previously on Masterclass, I said, if the experience is great, we learn and savor it. If it's not too great, we still learn and do better next time. Look at these trials or adversities as win-win opportunities for improvement. We oftentimes go through debilitating trials that leave us exhausted and frustrated. How we react to these trials define who we are as persons. And one of the most common trials is domestic violence and spouse abuse. We hear it so often that I wonder if we have become inured to it. If we were in the shoes of one who experienced or is experiencing it, what would we do? Hello, I'm George, and in this 14th episode of Masterclass, we'll be speaking with a lady who's gone from being a battered wife to a better person. Her insights and experience should give us ideas on how we, too, can cope and overcome adversity. So let's welcome to Masterclass, Geneva, or should I call you Jean? Um, either is fine for me. Either is fine. Okay, Jean. Um, um, I'm sure. I'm sure you, you you're familiar with Masterclass. I think. Uh, I think you listened to some episodes before. Now, um, and uh, you you uh, somehow mentioned that you're interested in talking about your personal experience uh, from way way back. So. Let's get started right away. You're in Brunei, right? In Bandar Seri Bagawan? Uh-huh, yes, I am. Uh-huh. I, I've lived here for over um, 40 years now. Over 40 years, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned that you'd like to talk about your experience being married. Uh, you're, you're divorced now or you're separated? You're living with someone else or what? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm divorced. Still just living uh-huh. with my kids. Yeah. I see. So, yes. How many kids do you have? I have four. You have four kids. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, oh, why, why, why would you term yourself as a victim of domestic uh, violence? Uh, can you tell us your story without even, you know, without really getting to, into details? Uh, can you tell us, a, a, give us an idea on what happened to you? All right. Um, first of all, I no longer... Um, recognize myself as a victim of domestic violence, rather as a survivor of mm-hmm. uh, domestic violence. And um, my journey, I think for people who have other women or even men who've gone through this, it's, it's different, you know, um, domestic violence. Often we only think that domestic violence would in, in, involve um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but there are many types. Um, for me, it was both uh, physical and mental and emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. So, um, and while the physical part has healed, the bruises has healed. The one that I still tr- struggle with today is both my mental health and you know my emotional health from the mm-hmm. trauma. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, uh, backtracking a bit. Uh, when did this particularly start? How long into your marriage did this uh, start happening? Okay. Um, It was, I think, about two years into our marriage, and I was, uh, I had just given birth to our second child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think, (laughs) I can't count Mm -hmm. now how long it was ago. Uh Yeah. So, uh, So, maybe 22 years ago. 
Uh-huh. And uh, it started with what? Mental and emotional uh, uh, abuse or physical abuse or what? You know, uh, looking back now, I think the mental abuse had started early on, but um, it didn't uh-huh. really culminate until the physical abuse, uh, like I said, uh, started after I had given birth to our second child. Um, uh-huh. So looking back, like I said, looking back now, uh, I think mental abuse started quite early on, like gaslighting, you know. Um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. But yeah, the physical abuse only started um, two years after we've been married. Yeah. And how did you react? Like, when did you realize you were being abused uh, mentally and emotionally? I didn't, you know, honestly. Um, I don't know if I was in denial. I, mm-hmm. In my mind, it was just, he hurt me. He hurt me. That was all, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I still loved him. And um, mm-hmm. so I think it took me a very, very long time. I think at, at that stage my mental health was already uh, declining. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I never really realized it or termed it as domestic violence, I think, mm-hmm. until later on in, uh, in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And how long did this go on? Um, I'd just like to clarify here that unlike other women who were been domestically abused, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't an everyday thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, probably we'd be, we would have arguments and, you know, it would culminate. So, and it wasn't always. Um, uh, but, uh, and there were good times. There were lots of good times, you know, and there were lots of bad times as well. I think um, looking back now, uh, this went, the, the physical abuse, when it started, uh, it lasted about another one and a half years mm-hmm. when it started. And mm-hmm. then um, after that, I, I, we, we went through a period where it was calm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not saying calm in, in terms of, you know, just uh, that nothing happened, calm physically. Mm-hmm. But the mental and emotional bu- abuse carried on. And mm-hmm. I did try to reach out to others uh, to help, but I didn't get the kind of help I needed. You're a Filipino, right? But uh, why are you in Brunei in the first place? Okay, um, so firstly, our parents... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> our parents came here to work, so mm-hmm. we were very little. I, I was um, five years old when, I, mm-hmm. when we came here. Um, mm-hmm. So... By the time I met my uh, then husband, I I was around uh, eighteen years old. So we've uh-huh. been living here a long time, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, uh, you said uh, you you realized that you were um, domestically abused physically, and it still lasted for one and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, in spite of the fact that uh, you never got any support or you got little support from anyone, uh, why so? How, how, how did you last that long? You must, you know, you, you must have the patience of uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I remember one time um, a doctor had said to me that when he found out that I had been abused, he's, and this is after 17 years, and he said that I, I, I deserve an award for it. Um, uh-huh. 
how did I last that long? Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, looking back now, and when people still ask me why I stayed, it's because I really did love him. I saw the good in him. You know, I'm like, uh-huh. like, like I said earlier, it wasn't all bad. I knew, mm-hmm. I knew that he was a good man. You know, he had a uh-huh. good heart. Why he chose to abuse me, I cannot answer for him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those are issues he has to deal with on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but on my side, yes, I stayed because, for one thing, we had two children. You know, okay. um, and people like to say, you know, um, the advice I got then was, you know, stay because of your children, and I did. But mm-hmm. also because I, I did love him, and I guess I was patient, and I was, we were taught. Uh, growing up, you know, that love is unconditional. So that's uh-huh. how I saw it. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, uh, there are some theories behind, uh, well, domestic abuse and everything that uh, women normally stick to their husbands despite everything. It's because of the security factor, like you feel secure with them. Or maybe it's the Stockholm Syndrome. You know how it is when the mm-hmm. kidnapper uh, has a victim and the victim falls in love with the kidnapper. Do you do you do you uh, attribute that to that kind of syndrome? Um, no, definitely not. Because um, mm-hmm. when I met I met my husband, um, I was working uh, prior to going to to university, and mm-hmm. I really did fall in love with him. We had a long distance relationship, you know. And so when he, by after two years of uh, a long distance relationship, he did ask me to marry me, to marry him. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as if you know, he, he conned me into marrying him. We were both in love, you know. What went wrong along the way? <laughs> On his side, again, I said, I cannot answer. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, so so that happened, and uh, you suffered for a total of how many years, if I may ask? Okay. Um, like I said, the physical abuse went on for about a year and a half, but the emotional and mental abuse did not stop. So from the time that I had my daughter, um, uh, your second daughter, yeah, my second daughter, it went on, you know, for a very long time until um, I tried to leave him. Uh-huh. I think um, my my eldest was about five years old then. Mm-hmm. You know, I went back to the Philippines and um, yeah, I tr- I took my girls with me and I, I tried to leave him. Because I think the the mental abuse was really getting to me, and there was an mm-hmm. incident prior to that. So my my daughter was, I think, about five years old, and there was an incident before that where he hit me again, mm-hmm. and um, it resulted in a burst lip. And after mm-hmm. that, yeah, um, I decided. I said I, I I can't I couldn't do it anymore. So I I. I took my girls and I went back to the Philippines for about mm. half a year. And what happened? You went back to him. Yeah, he came back. He came back crying. And at this point, um, my family knew nothing about this. I kept this. I kept this from my family for a very long time. So That's imagine the shock of my mother and my father. Mm-hmm. My father, I think, was just. When I told them, he was just sitting there. He said nothing. I think he was just so in shock. And obviously, my mom started crying. He came He came to the Philippines several times, you know, to talk it over. 
and he said that he was willing to go for um, marriage counseling, you know, and I saw how much he missed the girls and my girls missed him a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think also one of the deciding factors that um, made me stay with him for so long was um, financial dependency. You know, mm-hmm. I you wasn't yeah. security, right. security. I wasn't working full time at that time. So I think that was one of the reasons um, I decided to come back. Okay, so uh, you decided to go back and uh, what happened? Uh, two more kids came along the way. Yes. Um, we had twins and then... Twins, all right. Yeah, twin boys. Uh-huh. And I think for the next five years of my life, I did not sleep because... Um, <laughs> Five months into uh, after they were born, the the twins started developing complications, health complications. So we were in and out of the hospital so often, you know, um, and we had to travel for uh, medical reasons for them that for uh, treatments that were not available here. So. Uh So you had to go to Malaysia or Singapore, I suppose? Uh, Singapore. We had to go to Singapore um, Uh every six months for his Uh treatment. This is the second twin. Yeah. Uh So like Uh I said, I don't think I slept well for the next five (laughs) years, you know. And it was during that time I knew um, I did go and see a therapist, Uh um, a psychiatrist, because I knew I wasn't coping well. But Uh then when the second twin... uh, uh, had to be, like I said, had to receive treatment in Singapore. I think I just put everything myself on hold and I just f- gave my full attention on my kids, on all four of them, you know, mm-hmm. especially on the twins, making sure that they had their medication and everything. So um, on on our marriage, I think we also put everything on hold and just focused on the kids for the next five years. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a, what, a, a period of peace, so to speak? Um, yes, again, um, period of peace, but in terms only of um, physical abuse. Uh-huh. Uh, looking back now, he never really stopped with the gaslighting. He never really uh-huh. stopped um, belittling me. He never really mm-hmm. stopped, you know, um, making me feel guilty for things that I do. Mm-hmm. So... It was always there. The emotional and uh, mental abuse continued. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, so everything <laughs> was going on. What broke the camel's back, so to speak? Like, uh, when did you decide, this is it, I do not want this anymore, let's call it quits? Um, my children, just like my family in the Philippines, not knowing about the physical abuse, my children didn't either. It was that is incredible. How, how, how were you able to hide that from them? I mean, you know, you, you must have had bruises or something. Um, oh, he, was, he was pretty smart. The bruises were often on my body, so not on my face. So it was easy right, to is he, hide. Is he with the police department or the military that he knows how to hide those things? <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, they, they did say that... Um, they did say that, uh, what do you call it, <laughs> that <laughs> narcissists are usually quite good at, at knowing what the, what, how to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. And uh, so, so uh, w- what really broke the camel's back? 
Oh, you're right. When so, did you decide? Yeah. That's it. Um, one day, we there was an argument, and he hit me in front of all four of my kids. Oh. And that's when I said, I cannot raise two boys thinking mm -hmm. that this is okay. That oh. how he speaks to me, how he, you know, emotionally abuses me, and more importantly, how he physically abused me is okay. And that's when I said, no, I, I, I cannot raise them in this kind of an environment. And you left. Yes, so I um, decided to file for divorce. Uh -huh. It's a good thing he accepted. I, I mean, you know, uh, did, he, did he accede to that the filing of divorce thing, or did he contest that? Oh, he did. He, of course, um, because here, um, when we filed it, when my lawyer filed it for the divorce, it, it's not just an easy, because we have to go through the Sharia court. So what we filed it under was um, abuse. Oh, so he was okay. contesting the abuse that mm -hmm. uh, despite having two police reports, I did eventually um, make two police reports. Uh-huh. Um, so the divorce process took maybe a year and a half, you know, mm -hmm. because he was contesting it. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Uh, did he finally give up and, uh, or did he wait for the court to decide on the case? Um, <laughs> amazingly, I think at that point, again, um, I was still going, I have been going through therapy uh, uh -huh. psychiatric therapy at that time and mm -hmm. I think I was reaching a breaking point already and um, just before our case uh, after so many times of being in court uh, just mm -hmm. one one day we were in court and just before we were going in um, I said to my lawyer you know what I, I'd like to speak to him and I said why I'd like to see if he's willing to you know put an end to this mm-hmm you know, so um, I did. And amazingly, he said, uh, yeah, I'm tired too. And I see, he said that he saw how the kids were hurting. Mm -hmm. So he agreed to the divorce. Yeah, that in itself is a miracle of sorts, right? Uh, suddenly there was a turnaround and he agreed to it. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh -huh. And like I said, you know, I know there is good in him, but mm -hmm. I just don't know where it it goes wrong sometimes. Uh -huh. uh, forgive me for saying this, but I get the impression that you're still in love with him. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, every time you talk about it, uh -huh. uh, there's still that element of uh, uh, defending him. See, uh -huh. so that's, I'm sorry, but that's the impression I get. I may be wrong. Okay. <laughs> I think because what's important to me is after the divorce, I had to have, I had to look at it and, and it wasn't an amicable divorce. The next two years uh -huh. were just horrible. You know, we were oh. still at each other. Oh, so okay. Even uh -huh. though I had tried, tried to uh, co-parent the, the children with him, we have shared custody. Mm -hmm. So no, it was not an amicable divorce. It was mm -hmm. really, really hard the next two years after the divorce. And um, 
like I said, I was going through therapy and I still am going through therapy. But what I've learned since then is that I have to remember that this man is the father of my children. And that's forever. He, you he, can't do anything about that. Right? I cannot do anything about that. And I cannot raise them. For me, it was important, you know, that they form their own opinion of him. Uh -huh. If they see how he is, that I saw him, that's on him. You know, mm -hmm. it's not on me. But on my part, I will raise them to remember, always respect him because he is your father, you know, and we are trying to raise you together mm -hmm. as, co as parents. Mm -hmm. And it has taken us maybe five, six years now since the divorce, mm -hmm. now that we are able to co-parent peacefully. Mm -hmm. So when I, when, when I do say things, nice things about him, in the back of my mind, it's always because I want my children to know that there is good in, his, in their father. I cannot mm -hmm. forever tell them, oh, you know, he's always bad. And he's always, mm -hmm. you know, he always hit me he's, or throwing bad words, you know, mm -hmm. about him. Because honestly, in the beginning, it was that way. Mm -hmm. And I was not raising them in a healthy environment. Mm -hmm. So my main concern is always their emotional and mental health. So That's it, incredible. Uh, well, that's so yeah. Sorry. generous of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So people, people always think that, oh, you're still in love. And he said, no, you have to understand he is forever the father of my children. I cannot change that. But mm -hmm. I don't want them thinking, you know, that he's such a bad man, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, then how will they be able to look at love? Because mm -hmm. even now I can tell you that my, my daughters struggle with um, attachment or be, uh, getting attached to other men. I, yeah, I can imagine because of uh, what they experience. What before. they experience. And oh, you see, right. and because of that, I have to always remind them there are 7 billion people in this world. He's mm -hmm. one man. Mm -hmm. Not all men are like him. They're good ones, mm -hmm. you know? So if, if, the, I, if I'm always going to be talking bad about him, that's all they're going to be thinking, oh, men are, men mm -hmm. are like this. Yeah, that's are, right. So I, 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 I gave up on that. And trust mm -hmm. me, I did say a lot of bad things about him, you know? And uh -huh. um, like, Right now, my two oldest, they're 24 mm -hmm. and 22. They have formed their own opinions of him. They mm -hmm. come to me when he is upset, when they are upset with him, you know, saying all these things. And that's there and then I listen to them. I let them rant. I mm -hmm. let them uh, take out their emotional, uh, you know, frustrations. Mm -hmm. And then I always, I always remind them, said, I know. I know he's like this. I understand. I know how he is. But I said, like, um, you know, you have to uh, forgive him a little because mm -hmm. he is your father. That's I'm not true. asking to forget whatever it is he does, okay? Because mm -hmm. I have not forget, forgotten what he has done to me. Mm -hmm. But he, you need to show him the respect that he, because he, honestly, he is a good father to them. He provides and he, he does, he really does try to be a good father to them. Of course, he has his faults just as I do. But, you know, um, I, I do try to tell them, you know, uh, respect him. 
mm-hmm. show him the respect he he needs. You know, it's a manifestation and the reflection of how your parents raised you, mm-hmm. because uh, that's a very noble thing to do. Um, it's a and it's a rarity in this world of ours now. Now, now, uh, so uh, you you've gone through all this and uh, finally it's over. How? Did you transform now from being battered to being a better person? Like I understand, you're very successful in business now. Uh, okay, yeah. So, um, like I said, um, the the bruises have healed, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, I do still tr- struggle with my mental health. Mm-hmm. I still go for therapy. Mm-hmm. I am not of not ashamed to tell people that I am on medication uh, for antidepressant Um, because without it, I'm unable to function properly. I did try to get off the medication. It did not work for me. Um, Being on the medication, I am able to be the mother I feel that I am. I should be to my kids. I can function better. You know, and Trust me, it has been a long journey um, of self-reflection. I have I've not been in any relationship. Um, I think for the past five years now, you mm-hmm. know. And um, while it gets lonely sometimes, mm-hmm. I I say to myself, you know, it's good because I am actually learning to enjoy my me time mm-hmm. and um, finding out what it is. If in the hopes that there is another man for me, knowing what I want in that man in our relationship, you know, to be. And um, I also, about two years ago, a good friend of mine approached me. She started an um, organization called Single Mama Speaks Brunei. Mm -hmm. And uh, she asked me to join her on board as Mm -hmm. co-founder. And we have been doing a lot of uh, voluntary work now mm-hmm. uh, and raising awareness, you know, of um, domestic abuse mm-hmm. here in Brunei, you know. Um, because, Do you think it's rampant in Brunei? Um, unfortunately, yes, it is. And, oh, yeah. and unfortunately, nobody wants to talk about it uh-huh. because there are people who will say to, to them, you know, you're oversharing. We don't want to know. But mm-hmm. if we don't talk about it, you know, how, when is it going? How do we put a stop to it? Yes, that's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And also because it's important for me because, like I said, I'm raising two boys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Stewart said that, you know, if we want domestic or abuse to stop, domestic abuse to stop, we can't just go around educating the women. We need yes. to start by educating the men. Yes, and how they treat the women, right? Yes, so that's what I'm doing with my boys, educating Mm -hmm. them first, you know. Mm -hmm. They actually came to one of my talks on domestic Mm -hmm. abuse, Mm -hmm. and um, they saw me crying. (laughs) Uh And um, the older twin said, you know, Mama, I did not know just how much pain you went through, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were little then. Yes, and. he said, I didn't know that you had, that you ended up in the hospital. Because like I said, I kept a lot of things from my children. Mm-hmm. But that night when they saw me up there, uh, mm-hmm. saw me pouring out my heart. And then mm-hmm. he said, you know, 
I'll, he said to me, I'll try mama to be, to be a better son, to be a better man, you know. And he's, he was the one who was apologizing. I said, you don't have to apologize. It wasn't mm -hmm. you. He said, yeah, but you, you were hurting so much. And I said, no, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better now. Yeah. So aside from your advocacy now, uh, what does uh, Geneva do uh, business-wise? Do you work? Or, um, uh, yeah, do you... I'm, in, I'm in real estate. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I do real estate here in Brunei. Um, on the side, I also have some small businesses um, online where um, I, I sell um, handmade stuff, you know, that I create. I crochet uh -huh. or, yeah. Ooh, I do that's a lot interesting. Of, yeah, I do a lot of knitting and crocheting and, uh, yeah, a lot of arts and crafts. So, yeah, I have an online so, business so that, as well. That keeps you busy, uh, which makes you somehow forget about, you know, uh, problems or issues or whatever. It makes you cool. Um, you know, I found, I've learned that trying to forget, like they say, forgive and forget. Um, mm -hmm. It's so hard to forget. Yes, you, that's right. Sometimes mm -hmm. I would still be lying in the middle of the night, you know, or I know, I'm aware that about a week ago, I had a nightmare of, mm -hmm. you know, of a past experience and I was shouting out, you know, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's still always there but instead of burying it I decide to face it head on I felt mm -hmm. that that works better for me because when I used to bury it you know then I would crash I would mm -hmm. crash uh, mentally and it was not a good me mm -hmm. I had had several suicide attempts so it got to that already. Huh? I got to that uh, several times. So yes. Um, so that was because I was trying to ignore, you know, the problem. Mm -hmm. Instead, now I, I look at it. I try to think, you know, um, what can I do to better myself? I can't mm -hmm. do anything about my ex-husband. Forget mm -hmm. him. You know, mm -hmm. uh, what happened happened. But mm -hmm. what I can do is move forward with myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So I learned to control my anger more, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, facing my problems head on instead of trying to ignore that I have a problem. Because mm -hmm. I know I have a problem as well. That's very good. Now, uh, you know, uh, it's incredible because uh, when we announced on Facebook that you were going to have this topic, uh, incidentally, this is going to come out this Thursday, oh, uh, right. we, no okay. we normally drop this on the internet on uh, Spotify at 6 in the evening of a Thursday. So okay. uh, you can tell your friends to um, uh, watch out for it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the promo for this episode uh, was uh, dropped last night. Uh -huh. And this morning, I've, I've been having a lot of uh, uh, interests and inquiries about this. See? All right. So yeah. that means there is a lot of interest in, you know, domestic violence and uh, battered wives and stuff, or preferred husbands, see? And um, coming from you now, Geneva, uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people will be listening to this uh, particular episode. What, would, what advice would you give those who are going through this or who have experienced this but just can't move on? Uh, you're a classic example of someone who has somehow overcome whatever difficulties you had before 
and trying to parlay it into something useful and something uh, fruitful for you and your family. Uh, what advice can you give uh, our listeners out there? I think one of the biggest advice I, I can give, I can offer is that, you know, um, choose the people that you're going to approach because mm-hmm. not everyone is going to be supportive of you, of what you're going through. When mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that I am where I am today is because of my psychiatrist. He, mm-hmm. I, I have been with him for almost uh, eight years mm-hmm. and he has known what I've gone through, you know, mm-hmm. and because of him, I've opened up a lot because I also learned through failure that opening up to the wrong people just made my mental health worse. You know? Yes, that's right. Right. Uh, so people will give you all kinds of advice. Yes, people will give you all kinds of advice, like to be patient or stay mm-hmm. with him because of the children. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so choose the people you want to tell. So definitely look at your family first. I think uh, friends would come after professionals. So if you need uh, professional advice, seek that. After your family, seek professional advice first instead of going to your friends. Because I have lost a lot of friends. Well, now I know they're not friends along the way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've lost a lot of people along the way. So now I know they're not friends. And those who stuck with me, you know, they are still supportive to, to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very nice. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, in the future, I can invite you once again. This is because this is a very interesting topic. Maybe in, in uh, your next guesting, we could talk about your advocacy. Uh, speak up Brunei. Uh, is that what you call it? Uh, single Mama Speaks Brunei. Single Mama Speaks Brunei. Maybe you mm-hmm. could talk about that too. Uh, so uh, people will have a pretty good idea. Maybe they, they could duplicate it. They could clone it in their areas also, right? Yes. So uh, hopefully I could test you again. And, you know, it's um, I, I'm really honored that uh, you somehow uh, opted to open up in this particular master class. Um, I never realized that uh, I could gain your trust. And thank you very much for that, for trusting me and uh, trusting this uh, podcast. Uh, I appreciate it, and I'd like to thank you for that, Geneva. Right? You're so welcome. And like I said, I feel that um, it's a a topic that needs to be discussed more uh, to raise more awareness Mm -hmm. because it's not only Mm -hmm. happening here, you know, know, it's everywhere Mm -hmm. around the world. And uh, women... Mm -hmm. And like I said, there are some men who are also in, uh, you know, being abused, need yes, all the support right. that they need. Because uh-huh. once the bruises heal, the mm-hmm. longest and real battle starts when it it comes to healing yourself, both emotionally and mentally. Uh-huh. That's yes. right. Because we have ointments for bruises. We don't have ointments for, for you know, our <laughs> emotional health. <laughs> yes, that's very difficult to heal. Yes. So it is very, very hard. You have any topics, so all those of you are listening right now, if you have any topics you want me to tackle, let me know by emailing me at george cutprintproductions.com. That's george at cutprintproductions.com. I'll make sure it gets into one of our episodes. 
Thanks for joining me in this week's Masterclass. And thank you, Geneva, also for sharing your life with us. Thanks to Patsy Fedev and the Cutbread Productions crew for the faith. Till next week, take care of yourselves. Stay safe and sane. Good night and God bless. Ad Mayorem. Dei Gloria. This show is produced by Cutbread Podcast Network and George Boone. Executive producer, Patsy Ferrer. Writer, George Mercado. Creative director, Christine Alido. Social media manager, Nia Escondo. Sound engineer, MJ Habal. Researcher, Lee Malcolm. To advertise, email us at podcast at cutprintproductions.com or call us at 0918-807-8478. That's 0918-807-8478.